Hey guys, welcome back to episode seven of Behind the Athlete. Um, due to high demand, today we've got on uh, the one and only Jay Field, obviously new to the Wigan Club and, and recently injured, so thought we'd get him on to have a chat, all things obviously life in England, uh, growing up, where he's from, uh, what led him to coming over to the UK to play for the Wigan Warriors and and what sort of makes him tick away from rugby league too, so um, welcome Jay, you little loser. Thanks mate, great intro that one from you. Yeah, no, good chat from you as always. So, um, obviously, we had a few tweets about people asking how you've been um, post-injury. How are you? Yeah, obviously, you had the op yesterday. Um, all like, pretty smooth sound at the moment. Haven't been um, in too much pain other than just getting an earful from you, you know. Just moved in here, um, cooking me food and looking after me, so it's been good so far. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, going back to the other night... Um, you've gone from such an emotional high to such an emotional low. Um, sort of walk us through the day and, and what it meant to pull on the jersey uh, for the first time. I remember when I was lucky enough to present your jersey. Um, all jokes aside, like looking into your eyes, you, I could tell it meant a fair bit a fair bit to you. And um, you sort of had to, as I said, during that time, overcome a fair bit to, to get to where you are. So just talk us through the emotions the day and then obviously the injury and, and then we'll go back to the start. Yeah, obviously, you know, like, that day, um, such a big club, you know, Wigan, like, it's one of the biggest things that I wanted to come over here, and obviously, like, you spoke very highly of the club, and like you said, when you presented my jersey, it was an emotional day, obviously, bounced around a couple of clubs um, overseas and ended up here, but obviously, just um, on that day, um, obviously, to run out for the Wigan club was unreal, only lasted 20 minutes, but... Yeah, obviously to go down the way I did, like obviously was pretty was pretty disappointed in the in just purely because of the uh, circumstances. I thought I was away for a try, like I was trying to fight, um, sort of fight my feet. Where if it was a not in a scoring matter, I probably thought I might have just hit the deck with it. But yeah, other than that, um, I think everyone was gutted watching it as well because even even though I'm not a Wigan fan, like everyone wanted to see you play the first game. And um, obviously, obviously do well and like see see you at full tilt, see you at full speed. And shame you didn't quite get there. But kind of talk us through when it happened. Like, how did that feel? Did you knew you'd done something pretty bad straight away and pretty serious? Yeah, definitely. Um, hit the deck straight away. That was the reason I sort of pulled up. I just felt it pop straight away. Jacko was the first one sort of out there, really, alongside the physio. Um, I think their first concern was my knee. Obviously, I had full like lockout, but. Um, I said straight away, nah, it's my hamstring. And then Jacko, funny enough, said, how bad? I was like, yeah, I've done a job of it. So I knew there and then that I was um, I was in a bit of strife. The worst part about it for me, obviously, one, watching one of your mates that you grow up with go down injured, never nice. But obviously that morning of the game, we watched Luke Keary do his knee in a pretty similar incident to what you did your hammy. And then the whole day I just kept saying to you, I hope the ball bounces up and you just you go 70 and then people get to see what you're all about. So as a mate, it's obviously devastating, but, um, you know, look, you've had the operation now. Um, all we can do is focus on what we can do to make it right. So that's obviously why I'm here for you. Obviously not having any family here to make sure that you're good, but we'll get off the sad topic and we'll run it back to the start. Take us back to a, a young Jay Field, um, where you grew up, um, and obviously we'll work our way through to how you got to this point. Yeah, grew up. Pretty similar, you know, um, South Coast, Shalawa, Tachi and Oztag player and come all through the lower grades of the Dragons, um, 20s, like reserve grade, 
debuted there, 2017, played a couple of games through 17, 18, 19 there at the club and then ended up at Para for a year, obviously with COVID and whatnot last year, um, ended up playing eight games there and then found myself here now. Who first introduced you to rugby league then? Was it some of your mates always did and how did you first meet Jacko? Um, would have been like my old man really, like he played... Um, go to his games obviously like when I was like a little what, fella did he play to any level or just um, played like high level like just like a lot of first grade down like in our area like and where they're from as well like we're from Forbes originally so he played a lot there and like represented footy around there he was a little bit at Balmain through the juniors and then a bit homesick and went crawling back to my mum in out <laughs> west and then if that didn't happen, we wouldn't have moved down to Shell Harbour and then sort of come along Jacko in primary school, like year five and six, really. What was he like, the little twerk? <laughs> I think you could imagine he's competitive as all all hell, even from that age, like just will, just will a, to win. Just a pest in the classroom, right? I don't think he was ever in the classroom too long. <laughs> Kicked straight out, kicking balls out around the, around the ovals. But the, like, the one thing that we were lucky to, to have at school was obviously... A good group of mates that all played like rugby league, touch, Oztag, cricket, swim. We 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 sort of all did everything together, and I was always that year older than Jay, so like I'd always play year up. But we're lucky enough to play a lot of like representative Oztag together. Any any good memories or stories from from those days that you can tell? Keep it a bit PG. <laughs> yeah, many many tournaments. Obviously, we've been away to at different times, but I remember like one. Like obviously, that's. First state cup at Shell Harbour, I think we were under 14s, all playing like a semi. And this was, we are playing Central Coast and Jacko and Connor Watson used to have a bit of a rivalry going there. Obviously Connor Watson plays at Newcastle. Um, and like the, like this game was just going head to head all game and both into each other, like calling each other superstar this, superstar that. Like kick, every time one make an error, they're in each other's faces. This is under 14s, I was saying, mind you. Obviously we come away with the chocolates this game and Jacko let Connor know about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, nah, obviously we played a lot of touch and things together and had some success, like state titles and different things and whatnot. But yeah, all in all, um, yeah, I used to ruffle a few feathers in non-contact sports, he did. <laughs> Even in non-contact, you still managed to find some contact. So let's, let's go back to obviously um, junior days at the Dragons. Um, give everyone a bit of an insight to who your local club was um, coming through the system, Matt's ball, 20s, and then why it quite didn't work, well, not work out, but like what was that roadblock to first grade? I obviously saw it firsthand, the disappointment, and sort of being there, drop back, being there, drop back. Um, just run us through the whole story. Like, Give us a good insight into Jay Field's career from, from a kid playing for his local team to being a first grader always on the fringe. Yeah, so started my first footy and was at Shalaba Shark, six or sevens. Um, and then went to Albion Park, so I played the rest of my junior footy at Albion Park, all the way eights to 16s and like had some success there. We won grand finals and lost a few as well. Um, and then went into SG Ball from there um, with the Steelers. Um, obviously, where we're from, like we don't have a real big pool of kids to pick from, so like we didn't ever really go too well. Um, and then went back to Shalaba after SG Ball, um, and then into into twenties. Twenties, um, we had a really, really, really good shot last side. Um, a lot of great talent like Matt Dufty's, Ruben Garrix, Blake Laurie, Luciano Lays, like these these players that are all playing grade now. He got knocked out in the preliminary by the Roosters. Um, 
after that then obviously it was full-time of grade um 2017 from then and um yeah debuted round one um had a really good preseason that year in 2017. What position did you play? Did you and have you always played the same position? Um, I've sort of played probably 50-50 between fullback um, and in the halves. Really, if we had like good halves, um, I used to like to play at the back. But then obviously there was times where like halves probably weren't as good at times, so I'd sort of get pushed back in there for like the benefit. And what's your preferred position out of those? Yeah, I still I still can't really ever. That's not bad thing. Though, is it? Between like between that really like obviously. Like probably comes down to structures and that now really for me like if there's a six role that's a bit more roaming and can run and I'd sort of like to play six but obviously if there's like set halves and lock both sides I'd like to play fullback and roam so I still get really torn between that really um, Let's talk about quickly um, obviously you had a really good preseason in that preseason there was Auckland Nines that's probably what well, literally shot you out of the cannon playing on the field but shot you onto the sort of the scene um, run us through that and um, sort of like you became pretty much like an instant sensation on the internet obviously your highlight reel I don't know if you've seen it Andy but it's um, it's pretty special some of the tries you're scoring that everyone always talks about Kalen Pongas and that but um, that was probably one of the most destructive sort of two minutes of just individual footy a lot of people have seen so just run us through that and what your instructions were and then how you handled the expectation coming off the back of that yeah obviously um like the nines was um yeah like you said pretty sort of shot me out of a cannon really um i was really looking forward to get to the nines you know like I, like the way i play like i'm definitely really quick and good on my feed so i was really buzzing to get out there and like you touched on i um yeah had some good moments in that in that um yeah in that series and um yeah in that series um obviously scored some like, long range tries and done some like I scored like run around Corey Norman um in my first touch which was obviously pretty exciting but yeah all in all I think just um my instructions in that was just to really just go and play my footy um like obviously Paul McGregor had seen me from a young age and he just knew obviously like what I could do so yeah pretty much that I would say and is that something like was there a big media hype off the back of that obviously I you know over in the UK you don't really see that as much yeah, like the Nines is a tournament where they uh, use it to allow kids, well, younger younger players that haven't really burst onto the scene yet as like a platform to skyrocket them into um, being in contention for a round one NRL team or, or something like that. But there'd been a couple of tournaments previous. I, I played in one and I did nothing anywhere near as good as that. But um, yeah, it put him on the map really essentially, didn't it? And so how did you deal with that? Obviously... Um, in the NRL, it's easy to drag someone all the way down. So how do you stay uh, level-headed and, and even kill through that? Because it, it did blow up. Yeah, I just think, um, obviously, it was my first year in, you know, things can happen really quickly, as you know. Like, it can be rugby league sort of funny. Like, the shit, house, the shit house is right next to the penthouse, you know what I mean? You can be there one minute, and then you can be straight back down there um, and the next. And, like, for me, I was just sort of, like, wasn't really... Um, expecting to play first grade that year at all um i just wanted to come in like i only started that pre-season 72 kilos like ring and wet i was i was nothing like i knew my body probably wasn't right to play ended up getting to 78 to start that year and i played the charity shield um but that year also was when um like drew hutchison went down with an acl he was like in line to start as a dragon's half and he had a great pre-season so then sort of after the nines i sort of got pushed up a bit to like it was a bit out of me and Josh McCrone sort of for that round one spot and 
played the charity shield after the nines, um, trialed well, and then ended up getting a bench spot round one. So for me, I just think it was sort of just um, a bit of a quick succession, like little little like burst there where like my intentions weren't really to play great. I just wanted to come and... Yeah, how, how did that feel though? Like when you were told you're going to make your debut round one, like how did that come around? Like what did the did the coach pull you in his room and, and uh, was it pretty emotional, I guess? Yeah, obviously it's like everyone's dream come true. You know, you, you play footy and do all the training and all the hard yakka all the way through to, to you know, that's that's your dream you want to you wanna play. So obviously it was definitely like emotional and um, and in that regard, obviously f- family and friends, like it, it's such a big thing and it's, it's the same for everyone, you know what I mean? But... Yeah, he pretty much, I think it was Captain Drone, he come in and said that I'll, like, I'll come off the bench, I didn't start, but he said, you, you're going to play, so I wasn't expecting to play, like I knew I was there, thereabouts, um, but yeah, he said I was going to get a run, but yeah, and, uh, we played Penrith and won, and um, yeah, it's a pretty special day. And then how many um, games did you go on to play for the Dragons then, and obviously you essentially became jobless for a little bit, so obviously you went from the Nines starting in, was it 17? To the internet sensation, to the the kid that had the world at his feet, to playing how many games did you end up playing? Played three that year. So all together for the Dragons? For four, yeah, in first grade, yeah. So you played three all together in your whole Dragons career? No, just in 27. No, how many in your whole oh, career? I think 10. Yeah, so you played, so you burst on the scene, played three, then you played another seven, and then you essentially became jobless. Like, not many people know that. So you went from the highest of highs emotionally to well, essentially the lowest of lows. How did you deal with that? Well, then, well, why did that happen though? For, for people that don't know. Yeah, so I was contracted to the Dragons uh, 17, 18, 19. So I finished, um, finished there. And then um, like, as you do, you go through contract negotiations and had like interest from other clubs, NRL clubs and whatnot. But um, I had a deal, like pretty much handshake deal to come over to Leeds for the 2020 season. Um, and we sort of had agreed to that, uh, like I reckon... December-ish. And that's when Even, you were still at the Dragons at that point? No, nah, so I'd come off contract at the end of 2019 with the Dragons. Yep. So then we shut down all the NRL um, interest because I was going to pursue this Leeds deal. Um, so then this was end of 2019 season and everyone, uh, I'm not sure like what it's like over here, but November is when everyone goes back to pre-season in mm. Australia, like NRL clubs. So It's probably about the same bit later, maybe. Mm. Similar. Yeah, yeah, so I'd said no. So everyone's gone back to pre-season thinking that, well, I'm thinking and my management's thinking that, yeah, this deal to Leeds is going to happen. Um, got like assurance from like the coaches in the club, yeah, it's going to happen. Um, so it fell through because they applied for Reese Martin's um, Papua New Guinea passport so um, obviously as you know here they can be like the non-trained federation players so they go mm-hmm. to half so then they said yeah it's coming it's coming sort of just being strung along and they said it got approved by the PNG government and whatnot and then sort of just end up not happening it sort of just faded so then this is now we're talking January mid-February so everyone's been back of no, 2020 of 2020 everyone's yeah. been back like November December January so then I just turned around and I said to my manager, I was like, we can't like wait any longer. Like, we have to sort of find a gig. And then... Um, Did you he, feel like you were being strung on a little bit? Not, was... I wouldn't say strung on. I just think like they, their intentions were there. Like that, they were really trying to like get me. It just, it just couldn't happen. I couldn't go on the books until this passport come because there was only half a spot there. So yeah. when his passport come, it would have made half. Um, so then it got to that time, like people are about to start playing trials in the NRL. Just back to 
obviously you said your contract ended in 19 with the Dragons. Did you then decide, like, right, I want to go and try Super League and come over to the UK? Or was it more like, I want to see what's still around in the NRL? Or what made you make that Leeds decision? The Leeds decision was sort of a decision from like my management and I purely just on like where I was at my time in, uh, sorry, my career at that point in time. Um, sort of been in and out at first grade, like played a lot of New South Wales Cup, which is like reserve grade. And then obviously you're looking over here and Jacko's doing what he's doing. And there's like players over here, like prime examples. There. Did you guys keep in touch as well? Bits and pieces. It, it was hard because um, like during the day when Jay's awake and I'm asleep and he'd be training and it just flips around obviously with time difference. But I remember having this conversation with Jay, um, shout out to Bayside Pantry, best coffee in Shalaba. We were sitting there and um, I could always tell how frustrated he was with not knowing what was happening. And I remember I think I said to you, like, there's no fucking point waiting any longer. Like, regardless of what deal... Were you, were you over here then or not? I was back there for the November part, for the off-season, November, December. And like we, we always meet up when we go back home, obviously being from the same area. But I remember just saying to Jay, like, if there's an NRL club that's willing to take you, you need to, you need to go train and, and play footy. And then obviously... Power popped up, didn't they? Yeah, so that was that was what happened. This was mid February, um, and that's when we said, my, "I said to my manager, like, we got to just find something. Like, I need a need a gig." And then he ran a couple of clubs, and then Paris said, "Yeah, come up, meet." Went up there, met, and they said, "Yeah, we'll give you a training trial deal to start with." So it was six six weeks training trial. So I then lobbed up on that Thursday. We went up there Tuesday. I lobbed up Thursday. Played in there. They had a Friday night trial. Played in that. Next week, played in their trial against the, how they play Penrith every year. Down, that was down in um, like Pambula, like down that way where they'd done that last year. And then six weeks went, and he's like, yeah, we'll sign you for the year. And then played round one, you saw us cup, and then uh, COVID hit. And I hadn't, my six weeks training trial hadn't finished yet. So then the NRL stopped all like contracts being sanctioned. So then the game shut March, April, May. So you were in like a loophole there, really, weren't you? Like yeah. So I went. Yeah. So I went. Like once my contract ended in um, November of 2019, I went like no pay November, December, January, February, and then COVID hit. When it hit in March, when the comp started, so then I went March, April, May, no pay again because the NRL wouldn't sanction the deals. So then come back around and um, game started back up in May, and then that's when I rolled in to Para pretty much then. How do you deal with that mentally, though? Because obviously, like, we love to use this platform that we've got to sort of tell well, the things called behind the athlete. Like, obviously, no one knows. Obviously, you went from this superstar kid, burst on the scene, have a deal fall through, go jobless, not get paid for six months. Like, as a 21, 22-year-old kid, driving an hour and a half there and back every single day to not get paid then not be able to play, like, that's going to take its toll mentally. So, like, how do you get through that, like, who keeps you who keeps you grounded who keeps you on your toes and then how do you mentally pull yourself through a shit position like that yeah it's obviously like difficult um through that period like as you know I was everyone was a train like I went off social media I went off Instagram and that for about a three month period just through that time just I was like sick of seeing like stories come up of like all my mates like at clubs they're training and I was training by myself just at my local oval um but yeah, I just think for me, like I've got a very great, like good support ne- network. Like my family's been unreal, really, the whole way through. Family and friends, like they back me 
since day one and always and obviously like my partner Brooke she was she was pretty much my rock really um and then as like Jacko said once like the para come around like I was still it was only six months left of the year I was traveling it was an hour 45 each way a day for the next six months and yeah it was obviously like challenging at times but obviously I think for us and athletes like yeah you have that drive and you have that sort of goal and um, in mind to sort of get you through the other other side and and for me it was lucky enough like I was doing that and then get called up to play Dylan Brown went oh sorry Mitch Moses got hurt for a three week period and I was like straight back in there again I was playing a role and so you were playing you half as well yes and you you you'd think all right all this is all this has been worth it now you know what I mean so that's yeah. that's for me how I think I got through that little time period and you know, I just kept going thinking that something's gonna swing again like I said touch back on that. You can be in the shit house and to the penthouse, like, like snap your fingers, and that's sort of what happened, really. So when you played at Para, then towards the end, before you came over to Wigan, was it something where you wanted to sign longer at Parramatta, or did Wigan come in at that point? I still had the aspirations, um, like my eye on coming to the Super League, like just purely the way the game is over here. They throw the ball around. It's, it suits uh, you your see, game, right? It does. You see like what Bevan's done and uh, 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 similar mould of, of play um, and whatnot. So like that's still the goal that I had in mind and I wanted to wanted to get to. But uh, the Leeds deal was still there to come for 2021. Wigan come in really late, actually. I was nearly going to sign the Leeds deal and then Wigan come in with like a great offer. And obviously there was a few familiar faces here, so which made it a little bit easier and after talking to Jacko and Bev. So, yeah, um, that's that's how that happened, really. So how did it come about? Like, obviously, it all happened really quick for you and, and things like that. So what was the movements, obviously, between yourself, Wigan, and then... Um, how long between chats did it take you to get the sort of deal done? Yeah, it was, it was actually really like a funny one. Like I said, um, Leeds always said we still want to repay the favour. Like obviously what happened the year before. Like That's good. Yeah, so Rich Agar, was good really, to hear that. Yeah, he was, like, he was really good about it all. Um, and then obviously it really it was really late. So I reckon August um, was nearly going to sign the Leeds deal and then Wigan come in. Um, obviously like Lammy and, and that, like, reached out and, and I just feel like if I hadn't had like probably the influence like of Jacko and like and Bev and whatnot and how highly they spoke of the club I probably would have been at Leeds um yeah I think <clears throat> Leeds is obviously a great club with a lot of like history there is that did you know about Leeds from Australia and and the success that they'd had recently and yeah, I, I guess the same about Wigan like everybody knows Wigan globally I would say yeah, yeah. De- definitely like I think as a kid in Australia, the same teams always got played on TV, didn't they? Like, your Wigan would play a Huddersfield on a Friday night, then your Leeds would play, your Saints would play, and your Warringtons would usually play. Everyone sort of counts them as a big four, but, um, I mean, so what, what were your first memories of the Super League? And then, apart from obviously seeing your mates come over and, and do okay, what what was the plan of attack? Like, what's your, what are your goals now to this day? Obviously, you've torn your hammy in. Fuck, you got a you got a bit of a long road back that we'll we'll talk about in a minute. But what are your goals? What do you want to get out of? What do you want to get out of it? And um, what do you want people to know about Jay Field and, and what he's here for? Yeah, well, obviously, like I said before, like I had that goal of coming to the Super League. Like I'm only 23. I signed a two year deal, and obviously the the goal was to obviously come over and play some good footy and try and replicate some of the things that like my mates had done in Jack and Bev and. Um, and obviously, I have aspirations to go back. That was sort of um, 
the reason I wanted to come, you know, play week in, week out footy over here and try and make a name for myself here where over back home I was sort of just in and out some weeks and, and whatnot. So make that to, clear though. Make that clear what you just said, just so people don't get it twisted because it might come back to bite in the ass for experience. So what's your, what's your end goal? To come over and play good footy and what? To go back. All right, go on. To go back home. To go back home. Just, just quickly back to like the Leeds-Wigan situation. Did Leeds say we see you as a half or as a fullback, and then the same question with Wigan? Um, Did that sway you? Uh, not really, to be honest. I think it was like, like I said before. I, I'm sort of torn between it. I think some people, other like, like when they're maybe trying to sign me, are the same. They see me maybe one six and whatnot, but they're both pretty similar, to be honest. Um, obviously, Leeds have Jack Walker there as well. He's like a good young fullback and like Bevan and and that um, are here. But yeah, I don't think there was anything that persuaded me in that sense. So obviously after you made your decision, I just want you to sort of let people know what your goals are, what your ambitions are, and then sort of like the short game and the long game. I know, you know what I mean? Like everyone comes over for different reasons, different intentions, sort of just run us through yours and, and what your aspirations are for now, playing for Wigan for the two years you're here, if not more, and then, and then what the future holds for Jay Field, hopefully. Yeah, so obviously um, for me, like my big example is like I'm 23, I look at Blake Green, he'd come over and played for Wigan, had some success, um, and then he went back at a young age to the NRL, and obviously everyone knows what he's done now, he's great half and, and whatnot, so for me, that's that's my driving ambition, I want to come over and try and do it and play as well as I can for Wigan in these next two years, and um, hopefully have some great team success, but then I do have aspirations to go home um, as you see, like most players in the NRL, like they, a lot of them you see come over and they finish off over here. Like I'm a little bit different. Like I've come over younger. I want to try and play some great footy and get that continuity week in, week out, and I want to go back. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point, actually, and that's something I'd say has changed. I've watched Super League for probably over 30 years. I know I go on about it all the time, but it's definitely something I've seen a difference of where, you know, they would class Super League as a retirement home for Aussies um, a little while ago. And, you know, with you guys coming over as a really good example, Blake Green's another one. There's a lot of more guys who are coming over younger. And I think from my point of view, again, as a fan, you know, I think that's great for Super League. I think if you guys want to come over and make a name, like for me as a rugby league fan, I want you guys to be as successful as you can and get to the top of your potential. And I don't know why anyone wouldn't want it that way. Of course, like, you know, fans of clubs want the best players to stay at their club the longest and that's totally natural but I don't think there's anything wrong with players want to be wanting to be as good as they can be whether that's here or in Australia and I think the NRL is obviously a stronger competition I'd probably say you know it's a higher level week in week out no matter what teams are playing so and you are you're obviously from there and you've got friends and family there so why wouldn't you want to play in the best league around those people so I think yeah, power to you guys to do that and, and, and have that goal. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, definitely. Like I just think everyone has different stepping stones as players and through their careers than other people do. You know what I mean? You can't sort of say that this person's going to follow that person's exact footsteps. So like obviously, I kids my age and they're now playing through like some of my great mates there in the NRL. That's That was their path. So my past year and... This is what I have to do to try and get back, and I think that's the reason. Like we're so driven when we come over here, we want to do the best we can. We want to make a name for ourselves, obviously, because we have that end um, end goal in mind. I think that's exactly right. Again, I think for me, um, 
you know, you guys put in 100%, you know, whether you want to be here for one year or five years, whether it's on the training field or during a game, as long as you're putting in 100%, which you do, and like you can say that about, you know, no player goes out there not to try anyway, but you want to come over and be the best player you can be. And as long as you do that, like everyone should be happy for you. And I think the thing is, there's no guaranteed time limit on one, your career, and, and two, how long we're going to, or you or me or any other person from Australia comes over who's going to be here for. So I think you just got to make the most of every single opportunity. And I know that from experience, that's what I've done. You sort of, you get dealt different cards and I come here for different reasons to what you and you come here for different reasons than Bevan. And we've all got these different reasons, but at the end of the day, we've all got one com- common goal and that's to be, one, the best rugby league player we can be individually, but two, have team success and wherever we go, put 100% effort in. And I think, you know, especially at a club like Wigan, where we're both at now, it's sort of demanded the success, whereas the club I was at before, before now anyway, when I was at Salford, it was okay to turn up and, and just lose, whereas now, after three years... It doesn't of, mean no effort though, does it? But if you lose, no, definitely like, not. it's not as much pressure. No, effort's, effort has to be there. And if you see someone not trying, they're, they're playing the wrong sport. But I mean, in terms of pressures you've gone to a club that sort of demands success and it expects it so how do you cope with that obviously because you were not always in you were in and out of first grade you weren't always that that halfback or that fullback or that utility so how do you cope with pressure because there's a lot of kids that watch this that would love to know how you know a professional athlete goes out there on the weekend knows there's a lot of pressure on him with it with a town backing him and then obviously the success has gone before him how do you sort of put that to the side and go out there and perform? I just think it comes back down to obviously, um, like, for us growing up and, like, yeah, as rugby league players, yes, I reckon you sort of half get, like, brainwashed with it, you know, coming through. Like, and our old pre-seasons are hard, you know what I mean? Like, your first couple in, like, yeah, you're getting brainwashed to pretty much make yourself mentally tough, you know what I mean? Um, and obviously, I think you get to NRL systems, like, everyone, all coaches, like, they, they demand like success and effort like you said like obviously winning a loss like those things change but the effort and whatnot like if you don't turn up and your effort's not there and it can be blatantly seen like you're gone you won't get picked you know what I mean um do you see like a, a big difference though between a pre-season or the level of training in the Super League versus the NRL it's hard to say because it's different uh we're training in sometimes snow and and things like that and then you flip that to Australia, you can get to like a 37 degree day. So, I mean, I'd rather do contact in the sun than do contact in the freezing cold. But for me personally, I'd rather run in the cold than run in the heat. So, I mean, if you're going to compare the two, you've got to... Yeah, but that's just talking about circumstances, isn't it? It's not necessarily like how hard you train. Well, talking from my own personal experience, where I've been, they're, they're pretty similar in terms of what's demanded from you, how early you get there, how hard you have to train, what you have to put in, put your body through go home and then repeat it the next day. I don't think there's too much of a difference. And I think since I first got here to where I am now, the gap's closed even more. I think the level of coaching that's in the Super League now and obviously ex-players that are helping out certain clubs and and just the like more talent that's coming from Australia and bringing that sort of NRL, put in bracket system across with them to try and implement into a, again, bracket Super League system is making the game in England so much stronger. Again, I go back to where I come over in 2018 compared to where the game is now, it's it's miles ahead and I think it's only going to continue growing and um, there's so many great young English kids now that, that are really starting to you know make their name. I know Niall's not young, for example, but we were talking about it before, we watched him and, and Jake Truman, who is a young Englishman, 
um, go and play against a really good Warrington team stuck with international players and and really do a job. So, I mean, the more good kids that come through and the more people that come to the country with the right attitude, the, the league and, and the training and everything else is only going to get better. But I think the NRL is very, luxury with the fi- uh, sorry, very lucky with the finances. They've got a lot more financial stability and a lot more money pumped into the game as it is pretty much like our, our main sport in Australia, whereas obviously the EPL and, and rugby union sort of dominate in England too. So, I mean, the game needs to be given a chance first and foremost, but I think everyone's doing what they can with what they've got at the moment. I think we'll wrap that up. Thanks for coming on, Jay. Really appreciate it and all the best with the injury and um, hopefully we'll see you back out there pretty soon. Start doing your own washing, washing the dishes and maybe cook me dinner every <laughs> once in a while, eh? <laughs> Fucking hell. Nah, thanks, guys. Unreal. Unreal.